I'd like to welcome you to the ministry of McCormick's Creek Church. We certainly hope that you will enjoy this selection. Let's open up the book of Psalms 119. One nineteen one oh one starting with verse one oh one. When you have it, say Amen. I have refrained my feet from every evil way, that I might keep thy word. I have not departed from thy judgments, for thou hast taught me how sweet are the thy words unto my haste, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through thy precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. Thy word is a light, a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path. And I don't know how long I'm going to be up here, but I, I want to talk to you a little bit on this thought. Just keep walking. Just keep on walking. Lord, we ask you right now to bless our hearts and our minds. In Jesus' name, we love you, God. We thank you. Amen. You may be seated. In this Psalms, the psalmist is saying that he lived righteously in the world. He also tells us how he did it. He kept his feet from every evil way. He kept the Word of God that he had been taught to him. And he loved the Word of God. How many of you love the Word of God? He loved the Word of God because through it he received understanding. He received wisdom. And through the Word of God he was able to decipher truth from the false doctrines. The more you understand what light is, the more that you will be able to see what darkness is. Many people, they vacillate because they really do not have true light working in their life. If you have true light in your life, then you will be able to depict the truth from the false. Many people fall away because the fact is that in the first place they didn't truly understand what true apostolic doctrine was all about. That is why we need a baptism in this last day of truth and holiness. I'll say it again. I know we just had church, but I'm, I'm, I'm not going to try to keep you very long. But we need an understanding of what true apostolic doctrine is all about. When you're walking, a lamp, it is very useful. A lamp or light illuminates all the areas that you might that would might normally make you stumble or fall. All the places that can hurt you can hurt yourself. Uh, you will eventually avoid them when you have light with you. Not only does it mean that you can walk without fear, walk without worry, it also allows you to tread more surely with greater confidence and travel faster. When you have light, 
You are not going to stumble trying to feel or discover uh, all the obstacles that are in your path. You're going to be able to see and you're going to be able to decipher what is in your path. When you have light, you're not going to be confused about doctrine. I said when you have light in your life, you're not going to be confused about Jesus' name baptism. You're not going to be confused about repentance, baptism in Jesus' name, and filling with the Holy Ghost when you have light in your life. That is why that you need the Holy Ghost. The Bible says that the Holy Ghost will lead and guide you into all truth. Let me tell you what this world needs. It doesn't need a new Congress. It doesn't need a new president, which maybe it does. But I'm going to tell you what it needs. It needs a baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire. We don't need new teachers in our schools. We don't need new school systems. We need people to stand up in our last day and preach truth, apostolic truth. Not... Not Baptist truth, not Methodist truth, but apostolic doctrine is what we need in this last day. I don't care how dark and disturbed your world is. I don't care how bad you got it in your job and how much debauchery you have to deal with when you go to work. Let me tell you something. If you are a child of the light, you should light up everywhere you go. Darkness should have no effect on you. Can I tell you that darkness does not have any effect on light, but light always has effect in darkness. When you walk into your schools, young people, you should light it up. Listen. You're not hearing me. When you walk into your jobs, the junk and the trash that you feel like you have to deal with every day shouldn't bother you. Why? Because we are walking lights in a world full of darkness. Oh, my. I'm going to try to preach this. I know you want me to. Our relationship with God has always been defined as a walk. Sometimes it's a rough one, isn't it? Ephesians 5 and 8 says, For you were once darkness, once were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. It didn't say that you had light, it said that you were light. If you have light, there's chances that you can hide it. But when you are light, the world knows exactly who you are. Which tells me that people that are baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost, you can't hide it. You can backslide. You can go to the, to, to the bars and, and do whatever you want to do. But when you walk out of these church wall, uh, these doors, people's going to know who you are. Because when you've been baptized in the name of Jesus and filled with the Holy Ghost, He said you were light. That's what I said. I'm just telling you what Scripture says. 
Colossians 1 and 10 says, That you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Romans 6 and 4, Therefore we, are bar- we were buried with Him through baptism into death, and just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. Romans 8 and 1, There is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 7 and 17, But as God has uh, distributed to each one, as the Lord has called each one, so let him walk. Let him walk. And so I ordain to all the churches. Galatians 5 and 16. I say then walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. From the time we begin a relationship with God, we are told to walk and not to sit still. We are not supposed to be standing still because anything that stands still for too long becomes stagnant. So that means that we've got to move. That's, we've got to push forward. I know we're going through some hard times. I know you're going through sicknesses. But if you stay there too long, you will be broken down. It's time that we go forward. Go forward. Moving forward, not falling backwards. Moving forward. When Moses led the children of Israel out of Egypt, they came to the Red Sea. The army of Pharaoh, it was, they was close behind them, and they began to abuse Moses. They began to say stuff like, weren't there any graves in Egypt? Uh, we, we would like to go back. We, we, we don't want to die here. There's graves in Egypt. We could die there. And they asked him. They, Moses told them. He said, to, he said to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. He then cried out to God. And this is what God said in Exodus 14 and 15. And the Lord said unto Moses, Why do you cry to me? Tell the Israelites, tell the children of Israel to go forward. That sounds really simple, doesn't it? Just, just go forward. Go forward. That's good advice. Go forward. When Joshua, he was about to lead Israel to the promised land later on, the priest went before them carrying the Ark of the Covenant. And the Jordan River stood between them and the promised land. I talked about that Wednesday night. And this is what God told them. Joshua 3, 12 through 13 says, Now therefore take yourselves twelve men from the tribes of Israel, one man from every tribe, and it shall come to pass as soon as the souls of the feet of the priest who bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth shall rest in the waters of the Jordan. Hear me. He said, as soon as the soles of your feet of the priest bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of of all the earth shall rest in the waters of Jordan. That the waters of Jordan shall be cut off. What was a problem for so long? 
what separated them from the promised land. He said, when your feet touch it, it's going to cease to be a problem. Hear me. Listen. (laughs) And they shall stand as a heap, even though there was a barrier between them and the promised land. They had to keep walking as if it wasn't even there. They had focused on that Jordan River for so long. It was in their conscience. It was in their, they, they dreamed about it. They fretted about it. They talked about it. It consumed their minds. But God spoke to them. God promised to divide the Jordan River when their feet touched it. Not before. Which tells me that God was not going to remove their obstacles as long as they were standing still. As long as they were worried about what kept them from entering into the promised land, God was not about to let them go in. He said, when you touch it, they couldn't stop at the bank, as many of us do so many times, and wait for the waters to divide before taking the step. They had to take that step of faith when there was nothing to show that it was going to happen. They still had to keep walking. Can I tell you that you're looking at the river right now and you're saying, there's no way it's going to happen for me. There's no way I'm going to get healing in my body. There's no way I should just stand here. I'm just going to die here in the wilderness. But can I tell you that it's time that we get rid of the wilderness mentality and Egypt mentality and step in the water? Somebody needs to step out. Somebody needs to quit focusing on what's divided you from entering into your promised land. Somebody needs to get out right now and say, I know it ain't going to happen. As long as I talk about it, I think I'll just start walking. I think I'm just going to go ahead and go on. Hallelujah. 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 Hmm. Moses, or excuse me, Abraham, was part of the great promise God told him. He said, the Lord said unto Abraham, after Lot had separated from him, lift up your eyes now and look from the place where, you're, where, you're, where you are, northward, southward, eastward, westward, and all the land which I see I give you and your descendants forever. And I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth, so that if a man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants also could be numbered. Arise. Arise. Walk. Arise and walk in the land through its length and its width, for I give it to you. Then Abraham moved his tent, and he moved and dwelt in the land of memory in Hebron, and built an altar there to the Lord. A great promise from God was to possess the land. But listen, notice what Abraham had to do. He had to walk. He had to walk. Listen to what just happened. Lot had... The first choice 
of a better piece of land. He asked Lot, he said, what do you want? He said, I want that. Because that looked better than where they were at. And Lot chose Sodom and Gomorrah. It had more to offer. It had more to grow. It had more to make his family flourish. And Abraham standing there. I could see him standing there with the tears and the sweat dripping down to his feet. And the dust, there was nothing. No, nothing would grow there. And God, I could see him right now weeping. God, what did I just do? I just gave a, a nice vacation spot away. And God said, listen. He said, now that he's gone, I'm going to bless you. Because wherever you walk, wherever you walk, wherever you go, I don't care what's not growing where you're at somewhere between then and when they got the promise God walked in that place and created rivers and grew streams and what was a place of desolation because he began to walk God went in there and blessed it and now it's the most coveted place in the world listen to me you want blessings from God don't just stand there don't just sit there don't just fold your arms and not worship we need to get up and go forward hallelujah 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 Psalms 23 one of, the, one of the most incredible verses of Scripture. He said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for thou art with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. He said, I may be in the valley of the shadow of death, but I'm not going to stay here. Too many times we lose battles because we got the mentality of Saul that wanted to stand in the valley and not go forward. When David come along, he said, is there not a cause? He, under, he understood if he stayed in that valley long enough that that valley would be his grave. But you know what he said? I'm going to walk through it. I know death is all around me and everything's against me. But I know if I... Keep on. He had the only mentality, the walking mentality. And he was the only one that was victorious. You hear what I said? David had the only walking mentality in the whole place. Everybody else wanted to run away when times got bad. Everybody else wanted to cower down behind a rock. But David said, I'm going to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I'm not going to fear why? Because He's with us. You know why we stand still so long? Because we're not convinced that God was with us. If you knew God was with you, what in the world would you try? I mean, if you knew that God had your back 100%, you would walk into hospitals and you would speak to corpses and they would raise from the dead. You would walk in and start praying for people on the streets. If you knew God had your back, can I tell you something? That God does have your back. You don't sound convinced. Has this one been drunk out of? Did you really? I'm almost done. I didn't get to preach all my message, but that's all right. Daniel. Three men. Three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They refused to bow. Three Hebrew boys in Babylon. These three men, they, felt they refused to 
to fall down in the midst of a place that they could have died in, they knew they were going to die in if they didn't bow. But because they stood for God and they did not face or stand for the false idolatry in the land, they was going to lose their life. I wonder how many of us would have just dropped to the ground right then just to spare our lives, you know, just for just for the day. Just just for the you know, so we, so we don't suffer. Because our family needs us. You know, because the fire's hot. And that, we just, just bow for a while. We, God knows where our heart is. We just, we just do it. So they refused. They refused to walk the way of the King Nebuchadnezzar. King Nebuchadnezzar, he throws them in the fiery furnace. He gets it seven times hotter. And the men that threw them in that fire died at the door. Tells me that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego should have never even made it to the fire. They should have never even made it. None of y'all None of us should have ever made it this far. Why in the world do you think that God's going to leave us now? Oh, my. We should have died at the gate. <laughs> Listen to me. King Nebuchadnezzar, he was astonished, and he rose and he, in haste, and he spoke, saying to his counselors, did we not just cast three men bound in the midst of the fire? And they answered and said to the king, True, O king, look. He answered, I see four men loose, walking, walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the form of the other man, there's a fourth one in there. Hold on. Firstly, the fire that looked like it would destroy them, in fact, burn off the things that had them bound. The trial released them to be able to walk. You hear me? The trial released them to be able to walk and they were there walking around in the fire. Notice not one time were they begging to come out of there. They were just happy to be walking. They were in the fire, but they were loosed. They were in the fire. They were in trials and tribulation, but they were walking. It reminds me of Paul and Silas when they were in prison, bound to walls. They were bound, but they begin to sing and they begin to worship God, which tells me that you can be bound in your physical body and still in your spirit. You can be walking. You can be dancing. You may be in a wheelchair, but you can still worship. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We've got to continue to walk. Walk with God. we got a misconception in Pentecost. It makes me sick. That we think that the best of the best is the most eloquent speakers and the ones that get to preach conferences and the ones that get to preach that have the biggest churches and have the biggest revivals and get to preach the biggest crusades. We think that they're the ones that, 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 that are, are the greatest. But that's not what God intended this race to be like. It wasn't to the swiftest or the ones that had more ability and more talent and better looking. I wasn't talking about you. Just because I looked at you doesn't mean I was talking to you. But it was to the people. The Bible says the ones that are saved are the ones that just keep walking. You may get knocked down. And there's going to be times where you reach way down in your heart, your soul, and your mind. And you try to find every bit of strength that you've got. And you look around and everybody else is soaring. Everybody else is running. And you think, well, look at them. They, they, they got it more on the ball. They got more talent and more ability. But that's not what it's about. The Bible says that he that, in, that endureth to the end, he that keeps walking, this keeps going. I've seen a video, I guess a long time ago, and it was, I think it was a boy, it was a Down Syndrome boy. He was running in the Special Olympics. And this, this video touched my heart. It, he was running, he got around the curve. I think he was running the 200 meter dash, and he got around the curve, and he was getting ready to go on the straightaway. And out of his handicap and his inabilities, he tripped over his own klutzy feet. And my goodness, he, he didn't have enough coordination to, to brace himself, put his hands in front of his face. But his face planted right on that track. And it ate the skin off his forehead and off his nose. Probably knocked a few teeth loose. And I witnessed the mother that boy as you parents could understand your child falls he's bleeding he's, she tries to walk him off that track but he with due respect to his mama he jerks away and this is how he was running he wasn't moving very fast but in his mind he said, I've got to get to the end. I know they've already passed me. I know there's better people than me. I know that there's, there's bigger churches than us. But listen, 
Just because we've been knocked down doesn't mean we stay down. We're going to claw our way to the end. And when we get to the end and he splits the eastern skies and the trumpet sounds, this church is going to have the same reward as the big churches. Where We've got to keep going. We're going to suffer pain and we're going to have wounds, but we've got to get back up. Let's all stand our feet. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, I wish God wouldn't have had messed everything up. So, And now we think, what a mighty God we serve. He already done it before I even got up here. There's people who've walked in this place. You don't, you're so discouraged. You feel like you just, you're no good to, the, to anybody else here. Feel like just giving up. God's speaking to us tonight. He's, we just got to keep, keep moving, keep walking, keep going. Don't quit. With every eyes closed, no, I can't improve on what God's already done here tonight. Fact is, the church is going to make it as a whole. We can choose to, to bow out of the race. We can choose to believe what God has got in store. We can say it's for somebody else. I told the church Wednesday night when, when they sent the 12 spies to Canaan. And they all went over there and they seen all the goodies and seen the great land and the houses that they never built and the fields they never plowed. It was a promised land. And 12 people come back. Ten said, well, it's not, we can't do it. There's giants in the land. There's a Jordan. Ten people said this race is not for us. But two people said they did. Ten said they couldn't. And ten didn't. But two said they could. And two did. I want you to hear what I just said. Ten people said we can't. We can't finish. We can't make ten people said we can't finish. And they didn't. But two said they could. And they were the only two that did. You've got to make up your mind if this race is for you or not. But as for me, the minority... Usually it's the ones that say we can. I'm going to say we can. We can do it. We're going to make it. You're going to make it. Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands to the Lord. Let's begin to worship God. I'm going to open these altars. If you want to come, you can. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. This altar's open anytime. Hrabu kusha.